The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. <laughs> Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Okay, Verderam, that was uh, not the revenge game that we had planned for. Um, <laughs> oh my God, like, they look, they won. The Chiefs are 9-1. They've lost one game in a calendar year. We're going we're gonna to level set the reality of the situation for all of you guys right now. The Chiefs are really good. They have the best player in football. Now we're going to talk about this team like they have expectations. We do have expectations to win a Super Bowl. And so we're just setting your context. We are talking about this team in the context of their Super Bowl contenders and they need to play really great football because they're Super Bowl contenders. They did not play great football tonight. Verderam, what are your initial reactions here? Uh, I don't know how anybody could walk away from that as a Chiefs fan and feel great. Look, they won. Give them credit. If anybody's tuning into the podcast and expects like a real rosy outlook off that, that game, uh, they won the game and they're going to win the division because they won that game. And they ultimately, they walked out of there with a, a victory. Nobody seemingly got hurt. That's what you want in the NFL. So long view, it was exactly what they needed to do. In the short view, and I don't know if this is a problem or if it's just a, a one-off thing, I did not understand what that team was doing defensively. I just didn't get it. It made no sense. The execution was poor, but the, the play calling was just abominable. And I, and I am a big Spags guy. I even sometimes when they do things I disagree with, I usually can understand that the reasoning. And look, Steve Spagnuolo knows more about football than I ever will. But there were calls in that game. I just, I do not understand. I don't know why in God's name they were doing some of the things they were doing. I thought they made that game much harder than they needed to be. I also think the Raiders are legitimate and deserve respect. Because you know what? That's the second time now they have hung right in there with Kansas City and they beat them once. How many other teams have done it? Baltimore didn't do it. Buffalo didn't do it. Like none of these other teams have done it who are supposedly also really good. Give the Raiders credit. Like, are they as good as the Chiefs? No. 
But they're a problem for Kansas City. The Raiders really have played very well in these games. I expect them to be a playoff team. If the Chiefs play them a third time, it'll be an arrowhead. It'll be cold. The car has been good in cold weather. Man, I got to tell you, they better do something different defensively because it has not worked the first two times around. Yeah, the Chiefs better hope they don't play the Raiders again, to be honest with you, based on what we saw here. We're going to get into the defense. You're listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please make sure you give us a, uh, a subscribe if you're, if you're not subscribing already. And please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review over there. It really means a lot to us when you guys do that. It's really important to the success of our podcast. You guys are the best. Thank you. Okay, let's dive into the game. Our predictions for this game. I had it Chiefs 30. You had it Chiefs 27. Uh, I'm sorry, I had a Chiefs 30, Raiders 27. You had a Chiefs 44, Raiders 20. You yep. thought this was going to be a blowout. Turns out it's Chiefs 30, uh, 35, Raiders 31. It just didn't seem like the Chiefs came out with any kind of chip on their shoulder, right? They, like, particularly on defense. And, and, and that's, that's what I want to talk about in a minute. But first, let's talk about the good. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. He's your MVP. It's, it's, it's pretty damn clear right now. It's the game-winning drive. He was 34 of 45 for 348 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Interception wasn't really his fault. It was a, it was a miscommunication. Uh, those things happen uh, with Marcus Robinson. Not the end of the world, but it was in the red zone, so that definitely made this game a little bit closer than it was. Um, he had a game-winning drive, lasted a minute, 43 seconds. He's he's just absolutely fantastic, and, and frankly, they moved the ball really well tonight. Had a couple hiccups here and there with penalties, but if it, the defense had played even halfway decent, it, this probably would have been the blowout you were expecting. Could, can you just talk a little bit about the brilliance of Mahomes? I was just going to say, Patrick. Honestly, you know, we could sit here and break this down a million ways to Sunday. They won this game because they have Patrick Mahomes. That's it, flat out. Like, yes, other guys played well. The offensive line was very good in this game. Kelsey was excellent. Hill was excellent. No, no question. They won this game because they have Patrick Mahomes and 31 other teams do not. And by the way, in the presser right after the game, Andy Reid on the last drive, literally, I, I quote, I have Patrick Mahomes in a minute and a half. I'm good. That's, I mean, that's, that's the reality. I'll t- be honest. I felt going into the game, they would win handily. As the game wore on, I felt like they, they would probably lose because I just couldn't get off the field. They couldn't do anything. And you just kind of – at least I they got a feeling in the way that game was going that it just wasn't going to turn out very well. I thought maybe they could get it to overtime and then, you know, kick a field goal or whatever, score to someone in the game. However, once they had the ball last and they crossed the 50 – I, I felt like he was just going to put it in the end zone. I, I did not think the Raiders would stop him. He's just too dominant. And then they made it easy for him at the end. But Mahomes was utterly fantastic. The pick, you know, most people on, will tell you that that was not his fault. Robinson was supposed to stop and basically have like a comeback route there. He didn't. Look, whatever it is, it is. Mahomes was brilliant, and they won because of him. He made a bunch of great throws. And the last drive, that's his first – Game-winning drive under two minutes. Looked like he's yeah. done it for 15 years. He really did. I, it was, I was never worried. It, I, I kind of just looked up and I'm like, oh, well, you know, they're in field goal range already. Okay, like I, I was kind of breathing a sigh of relief. But, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on how, how brilliant Mahomes is. Again, I think he's, he's your clear-cut MVP right now, adding to his resume with this game-winning drive over a really good football team. One more positive before we get into some of the other stuff. Earning their arrowheads, 
Um, my arrowhead for this game, I'm going with Travis Kelsey. I've been singing his praises all year. He's been absolutely incredible. Eight receptions, 127 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. Bertram, who who got your arrowhead tonight? Oh, Mahomes. I, period. <laughs> I mean, that. Yeah. Just, I'll tell you right now, there's nobody on defense. Okay? And it was, I mean, the special teams. I'll say one thing, and it mattered tonight. Bucker hit all his extra points. That's right. Hit them all. Now, that kickoff almost sent me in, into a, another world when he kicked that ball yeah. out of bounds. I, I, I mean, really was about ready to be apoplectic. But they needed those extra points, all of them, because if he doesn't even hit one of them, that's a different game at the end there. The Raiders get the ball back. They only need a field right. goal. It's a different game. Okay? Yeah. Carr doesn't force that ball to Torrance and pick. So uh, he gets it in a way for me. He gets like a half of an arrowhead. But uh, for me, it's got it. Uh, Kelsey Hill, they deserve him for sure. Um, actually, you know what? I'll give you an under-the-radar one because it's almost a cop-out to Tim Holmes. I thought Edwards Alaire tonight was excellent. Yeah. 14 carries, 69 yards, five yards in attempt, two touchdowns, and tough running. Really, yep. like, hard nose, a lot of runs. It could have been no gain or a loss, and he turned into three or four yards. I thought Edwards Alaire played one of his top three games as a chief, really did a nice job. Uh, and, and to me, ultimately, look, that's what the offense was tonight. It was him running the ball. It was Kelsey and Hill catching it, uh, you know, mixing a couple of big catches here and there. Hardman only had one catch, barely played coming off the COVID list, but he, he made a big catch late. And, yeah, of course, Mahomes was utterly brilliant. 34 of 45, 348, two touchdowns, the one pick. But, I mean, what else could you ask for? That second touchdown by Hilaire where he dove over the pylon, I, you know, we see running backs do that all the time, but that extra effort's so, so important because you, when you get down there, there's no guarantees you're going to score. And making sure he got that ball in the end zone, given that right. extra effort, really key. Le'Veon Bell, of course, also got his first touchdown uh, as a chief, and I think that we're going to be seeing more of him. That's something I've been talking about, and they even alluded to it on the broadcast that the Chiefs were going to start making some changes, and we'd probably be seeing more of Le'Veon Bell. He played well. You know, they, they didn't ask a ton of him. Um, it, ultimately, he did his job. He, he made a couple nice catches. Um, he, he made the plays that they needed him to make. He wasn't great. He wasn't spectacular. Um, but th- they ultimately got what they needed. And, and you know, look, Bell's going to be a guy who is probably going to get more and less depending on the game. He's not going to be a guy they pencil in for 10 carries or 10 touches. Some weeks you might get 15 as the year goes on. Some weeks you might get five. I, I think that's, that's, uh, probably, that's probably what you're going to see. And, hey, he did his job. And, and by the way, one guy who, who is <laughs> thanking God that they won this game, Demarcus Robinson, who yeah. – I mean, look, maybe the pick's on him. Maybe it's not. He takes a face-masking penalty. He almost dropped that one ball that was a short circuit. It would end up being like a 93-yard drive. And he didn't, but he almost did. Like, Demarcus Robinson was just a human roller coaster that entire game. He did everything he could to almost kill them, but they came for him. They they were coming for him on Twitter. All right, let's get into the the meat here. Let's talk about the defense. So – Spags game plan. You already alluded to it earlier. Well, if you've been listening to this podcast, I've been talking for a few weeks now about my annoyance with Spags because I feel like sometimes he blitzes too much. He's kind of a one-trick pony on defense. 
And sometimes he blitzes in situations where the Chiefs would be better off just playing some man, playing some zone on some key third downs. And I feel like they get burned sometimes. I would like to state for the record that I was wrong about that. And now I understand why he was blitzing so much because the Chiefs can't get pressure if they don't blitz. At least they couldn't in this game. I mean, it was terrible. They didn't get a sack. I don't even, they maybe had one tackle for a loss the entire game. They were dropping everybody back in the zone, and Derek Carr just absolutely carved them up. What did you see, Verderam, from this game plan from Steve Spagnola? So this was by far, and I know my dad's probably listening to this podcast as a fellow Chiefs fan, and he just heard me scream about it for two hours, so he can tune out now for the next 90 seconds. I, I did not understand this. This was the most maddening thing. We have a little bit of a difference of opinion. I don't mind that he blitzes. I like that style. This game, they didn't blitz much at all, and they just kept dropping into these soft zones with seven guys, and I just couldn't I, – I cannot understand it. I'm sure if I sat down with Steve Spagnuolo, he would have a reason. I, I don't think he's just throwing darts at a board. The guy's won two Super Bowls as a coordinator, but I, my whole feeling coming into the game was you've got to get pressure on Carr by any means necessary, and you can't give up the chunk plays when you're not bringing an all-out blitz. Well, early in the game, it was like a free-for-all. I mean, the Raiders are just going up and down the field with these huge plays, and Kansas City just couldn't do anything. It was They couldn't get pressure. They're, look, if you drop seven, you better not give up a deep shot. And they kept doing it. I didn't understand it. I, I always feel with the Chiefs, unless there's a really rare circumstance, you know they're going – the Chiefs are going to score 30 points. They're just going to. They're so talented offensively. And you know if they have to get no shootout, God knows they can do it with anybody. So if I'm Spagnuolo, I'm looking at the game and saying, look, I, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to try to force the issue, get a couple negative plays, force a pick, force a turnover, you know, strip sack, whatever. I'm going to do that because if we do it, we win. And if they hit us for a big player too, so what? You're going to score anyway. The way to lose if you're the Chiefs is to give up a bunch of big plays over and over and over and over and over, and that's what they did. I didn't understand Tano Passion dropping into coverage on Witten. I'll never understand that. I didn't understand on multiple third downs. Like, how do you not just bracket Waller at some point? My God, you know the ball's going there. Like, bracket the guy. But I was saying to my dad during the game, like, you, you'll remember, you were actually at the game, I think, when they played the Chargers like a decade ago in week one, and it came yep. right down to it. And they, they just literally treated Gates like you would treat a gunner on special teams. Like right. Darren Waller on Thursday, they should have just done that at some point in the game. They should have just stuck two or three guys down there and be like, I don't care. Hunter Renfro's beating me. I don't, like, whatever. He is not getting open. And frankly, the Gs were bailed out a few times. Ingold had a couple of brutal drops. So did yep. Aguilar. Now, look, the bottom line is the bottom line. The Chiefs won the game. And they deserve to win. At the end of the day, the Chiefs made the plays that they had to make to win the game. But I did not get it. That game plan to me, especially after what we saw in week five, Carr's a different guy when he's under pressure. And I just I could not understand. If I was Spagnuolo, no, I would have been bringing six guys if I had to over and over and over and over. And over. Just hit him. Put him on his ass. And they never did it. But did you think this was a reaction to the big plays that they gave up the first time around that they were like, we're not going to let that happen again. We're not going to let them take deep shots on us. If we play zone, we make them matriculate the ball on the field. Carl make mistakes. I mean, I was, I was advocating for this earlier this week in our preview podcast. I was saying, Hey, make this guy move the ball down the field, 
you know, he's going to make mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen. They won't be able to keep up with the Chiefs. But they did. Carr was fantastic. He was 23 of 31 for 275 yards, super efficient. He averaged 8.9 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, the one pick at the end. I mean, and, and these guys, here's the thing. The receivers on Oakland or Las Vegas, never going to get it. They're not like, these are not like Aguilar. He's, he's good, fine. Nobody's good going to the Hall right, of Fame. Right, right, no, no. Waller's, Waller's the one. Waller's the one that, that is having a, a fantastic start to his career. He's huge. He's fast you expect him to go out there and catch seven balls for 88 yards like he did in a touchdown. What you don't expect is him to get wide open in the end zone and wide open on third down over and over and over again. When you know he's, he's the guy that Carr is looking at first. He's looking, if he's not handing the ball to Jacobs, he's looking at Waller, right? right? So what were they doing? I just don't, I don't understand it. Did they play any man in this game at all? Very rarely. I, I, I don't get it. Like, how do you not just bracket him? I, I, who cares? Take him out of the game. It was insane. I mean, when you go back, I, I don't want to bring it always like back to just the pinnacle of the sport because that's unfair. But what does Belichick do better than anybody else? Takes he away identifies your best yeah. every time. He identifies one guy on your t- He is not winning the game for you. I don't care what we have to do. He is not winning the game. And sometimes he does it with two guys. He always does it with one. The Chiefs in that game should have said, I do not care what the hell you do. You are not beating us with Darren Waller, ever, especially on third down. I, I just didn't understand that. And there were just odd – like, they're playing Sorensen man-on-man. Like, Sorensen's a good player, but he's not a man-coverage guy on, on, on Darren Waller. Like, if you're going to play – It was a bad game man, for Dan. No, it, it was. I mean, he had the pick at the end, but, yeah, he would not play well. They had times where, like, Ben Neiman's out there. Just enough. It, there should have been one of two guys on Darren Waller in that game, man-to-man. Matthew or Willie Gay? Because Gay, while he's, he's young, at least has the athleticism to run with him. To, right. to put Dan Sorensen on him, look, I, get, get mad at Sorensen all you want. Dan Sorensen has no shot guarding Darren Waller one-on-one. It's ludicrous. He's not going to be able to guard the guy. There's no way in hell he can do it. So I don't get, in the night you get Sneed back, I get he's on limited snaps, okay? You Sneed back, you've got Fenton, you've got Ward, you've, you've got, you've got Breeland. I agree with your assessment of the Raiders receivers. Why are you not just in man? I, I just do not understand it. Get in press man, cause a rhythm pass, or disrupt his timing, and just blitz the crap out of him. Like, I don't understand why they were so terrified. You know, and, and also, and, and Reed talked about this after the game, Juan Thornhill like, barely played in this game. And Reed right. said, well, he's, he's a rotational guy right now. You know, he's yeah, still he says he's a up. situational guy right now. That's yeah. shocking. I mean, here. Apparently off the injury, like I get, like come on. I mean, he's played he's played plenty earlier in the year. Juan Thornhill should be on the field. I don't care that he's not a good tackle. I don't care. He doesn't have to be. He he's he's terrific on the back end. He's the by far the best free safety they have. They need Juan Thornhill back there. Dan Sorensen is not a free safety. I'm sorry. Dan Sorensen's a really really good rotational safety who you can use in a lot of different ways. He's a valuable player. But he, he doesn't have the range Juan Thornhill does. I mean, what are we talking about? I, it was very bizarre. They're very fortunate that they have Mahomes and that offense, and they were able to just bail themselves out of that game. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the safety play. I, you know, I'm watching the game. I love Tyron Matthew. He's the heart and soul of this defense. But I'm watching this game, and I, he, he seemed off. And he actually tweeted after the game that he felt like crap out there, and he, he thanked his teammates, teammates for picking, up, picking him up, and he was glad they got the win. He was so tentative. 
you know, he was coming up to guys and he was slowing down. He wasn't running to the foot, running to the it ball very, carrier. It was a very strange game. Like I, it's not like him to play like that. And he, and he was like that the whole game and he was getting smoked. I mean, Waller juked him out of his jock strap on one play for a first down. I wonder like after what he said on Twitter, I wonder if he was like legitimately physically sick because right. it looked like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just, it was atrocious. I, I look, I'll, you won't get me to say many bad things about Tyron Matthews. The guy, to me, is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. He's a great player. It was one of the worst games, if not the worst game he's played as a chief. Because I'm with you. There were a couple times he went up to tackle guy and just got more. He looked like me trying to tackle somebody. I mean, Stopped just one over. Three was, yards away very, from the guy, uh, put his arms out, and just yeah. got knocked out of the way. It was a very yeah. bad game. And, and, and he's a guy who normally, I don't care how big the guy is, I mean, he hammers people. So that was, it was very, yeah. I don't know whether he just didn't feel well. Something was going on. I mean, it was just, listen, that all being said, they won the game. If, you, if, you, if you've been listening to this podcast, didn't know the score, you probably thought they lost 42 to three. I mean, they, <laughs> like, they won. And ultimately, it's a huge win. They're now nine and one. They're three up in the West. They're going to, in all, all likelihood, they're win the breaker on the Raiders. I, I went through it earlier. They're, unless, unless they lose three conference games, which, it would be a, a borderline impossibility here. Um, as long as they win those divisional games they got left at home, they're going to win the breaker. And so, uh, and they should need the breaker anyway. But they're they're probably by winning tonight, barring a collapse, they're pretty much assuring themselves of at least being a number two seed. And while that doesn't get you a buy anymore, it does at minimum get you two home games. So right. it does matter. It is important, and also. It keeps you within one game of the Steelers. And the Steelers, who basically have played like the whack the entire season, now actually have to play a real schedule. They got the Ravens here on Thursday night. The Ravens are going to be desperate as all get out. They got the Colts later in the year. They're at Buffalo later. So the, the Steelers also have the Browns on the road. Steelers are going to have to play some real teams. So as weird and as hideous as that was in a lot of ways tonight, they won. They won the game, and they're now 9-1. and one. Some bright spots on on the defensive side of the ball. The the run defense was actually pretty good. This is a it was. Josh Jacobs is a really good back. They held him to seventeen carries for fifty five yards. That's a three point two per clip average. Um, as a team, the Raiders rushed twenty six times for eighty nine yards, three point four yards per carry. And really, frankly, they were they were bailed out. But Henry Ruggs had a twelve yard run. Uh, Jacobs had one thirteen. And that was really it as far as big runs for the Raiders. So that was really fantastic by the Chiefs. I think adding to our bright spots, Willie Gay was out there a lot more. I think he had about five tackles today. He was all around the ball all the time. Do you think that had an impact on the rush defense? Yeah. I think, look, they, they did a nice job against a good offensive line of really – bottling them up. I mean, look, the Raiders ran 26 times, 89 yards, 3.4 yards of carry. That's nothing. I mean, that's nothing. Jacobs, and really, that's even propped up by Ruggs with that end around for 12 yards. Take that out. It's 25 carries for, for 77 yards. I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's three yards an attempt. Jacobs went for 3.2. So did Booker. Carr ran three times for six yards. I mean, they did nothing. Um, I thought the Chiefs went a little heavier inside. A lot of Pinnell seemed like tonight. I'd have to look at the snap counts, but it's just kind of how it looked to me. A lot of Pinnell. But Chris Jones a couple times got washed down there, but was strong at the point of attack. Um, and then, yeah, the linebackers did a nice job filling. They were aggressive. So 
that is a plus side. If you want to leave the plus side for the defense, definitely the run defense. They played very well. Um, it's obscured by the fact that Derek Carr is like Dan Marino for most of the game. But, yes, I, they they did do a nice job there. Um, and it, it can't get lost because it ended up being the margin of, of, of victory in the game. And I was shocked at this. The Raiders, when it was 14-14, they drove down. And they had fourth and uh, – Third and goal, at like the one and a half, they throw the fade route. Ward makes a really nice play, right? Breaks it up. I was floored the Raiders didn't go for that. Now, I know they ended up yeah. getting unsportsmanlike, but they were sending out the field goal unit before they got the penalty. I I'm not sure not- about that. That's what I couldn't figure out because it was weird on the broadcast, right? Because it looked like they were going to go for it. And then, and then you heard them say, oh, they're sending out the field goal unit. And then they went to the refs. But maybe they – I don't know if they threw the flag and the Gruden saw it and he knew what it was and that's why they made the change. Either way, if they were sending out the field goal unit, they're insane because the was, Chiefs could stop a nosebleed. Yeah. It, it was right. absolutely – I could not believe on third and goal at the one. They didn't just either run the ball twice or try to just roll car out. get them. I mean, that was insane. Yeah. To kick a field goal against the Chiefs when you're at the one-yard line – and knowing that, look, as bad as the Chiefs' defense was, and it was really bad tonight, the Raiders' defense was every bit as bad. I mean, the yes. Raiders' defense couldn't do anything. It wasn't like, you know, the Raiders were playing so well defensively that Gruden thought, well, what the hell, you know, we'll take the free, we'll take the sure points. They were atrocious. I mean, if Mahomes doesn't draw a pick at the goal line, the Chiefs are at minimum getting 38 points in that game, probably getting 42. So I was, I was shocked. I mean, you go down the list here, the Raiders – we're at six of nine on third down. Okay, that was just ridiculous. They, that, by the way, these are the top two teams in the league coming in on third down. The Chiefs went five for nine. They were, they were very good themselves. Yards per play was almost identical, 6.4 to 6.3 for the Raiders. Each team only had nine drives. Normally, you have like 12 in a game. Uh, the drives were so long. Chiefs were two for two on fourth down. It's a big, big difference in the game. 36 first downs to 25. I mean, just kind of going through all. Each team had a turnover, obviously, the Raiders at desperation at the end. I thought that the things that drove me the most nuts were I did not get Spags in his game plan at times and the, the, the 10 penalties for 89 yards. By the way, this is an aside because it ultimately didn't cost him. I think Dave Tobe is a great special teams coach. When he's done and he retires – the Chiefs, out of respect for Dave Tobe, every time they return a kick, they should just throw a flag on themselves and move themselves yeah. back 10 yards. My How God. many effing times are they going to take a holding penalty on a return? I feel like they, they do it two to three times every game. Yeah. It's incredible. If, if the ball is kicked in the end zone, for the love of God, take a knee. It is unbelievable how many times they run a kick out, four to five yards deep, holding penalty. They end up at like their own 12-yard line. You have Mahomes. Just give them the ball up to 25. What are you doing? It's mind-numbing. It's absolutely – it took three penalties on returns tonight. It's insane. Yeah. We'll get to the penalties in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break. We will uh, We'll talk penalties. We'll wrap up the rest of the game, and then we'll take a look at the AFC, which is just absolutely bananas right now with a logjam of uh, good teams. All right, we'll be right back. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. All right, we are back. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Leave us a review, damn it, on Apple if you haven't. There's a lot of you out there, all right? A lot of you listened to our last episode also, by the way, where we uh, interviewed Jeff Allen. So thank you for that. That was really incredible. So, um, But I'm looking at the review numbers, and they don't match up with our listener numbers. So 
we're, we're, I'm talking to you. You know who you are. Head over to Apple. Leave us that review. All right. I will stop on that now. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the penalties. I think it was 10 penalties for the Chiefs in this game. A lot of them coming on special teams, kickoffs and punts, holding penalties, just like you said. I just, I agree with you, man. Like, the, 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 yes, you, you're, you're going to get a return every once in a while, but I feel like most of the time, oh, they get out to the 26 or the 27, right? And it's just like, you get a couple extra yards. When you get that penalty, you got Mahomes, he's got to go 90 yards. It's, it's absolutely brutal. And I, I, they don't need they don't need to do it. The refs love throwing. It's not just it's not just the Chiefs, by the way. You watch any damn NFL game; it's unbearable if they t- if they bring the ball. There's a, there's a holding penalty every time, and they should just they should just get rid of kickoffs if they're going to keep calling them like that because it's brutal. I, I agree with you, but the Chiefs really have turned this into an art form. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they're in the huddle before the, before they go out there and like listen. This time you hold. This is your turn. It's your time to shine, baby. Right. Like, yeah. Just grab them and suplex them. I, I just yeah. don't understand. And you're right. You know, they're not the only team that gets called for penalties on special teams. I get that. But, I mean, the only time I'm cool with a penalty like that is if you just think your guy is going to get absolutely just depleted and you're like, all right, you know what? Look, it's worth the 10 yards to just rip a guy to the ground. Fine. I get that. I do. I understand that. But how many times are these holds dog not even consequential? And the Chiefs are just tackling some guy like 30 yards upfield. I don't understand it. And Dave Tobe, who's a great special teams coordinator. Like I'm I'm with Dave Tobe to the end. He can be the coordinator for another decade. I do not understand it. This has gone on with the Chiefs for years. And and I and really, like, look, if you've got McCole Hardman back there returning kicks, which they did at times tonight, I get running out from four or five yards deep. If you got Tyree Kill back there, which they don't typically do, but occasionally they do, if you have, fine. I know Byron Pringle had a touchdown at 103 yards. I get it. I like Byron Pringle. Take a knee, Byron. Like, right. you're not McCole Hardman to Tyree Kill. Like, it's one thing when one of those two guys comes flying out of there like 21 miles an hour. It's another thing when Byron Pringle comes out. Like, just take a knee. It's fine. Like, reality is you're probably not going to score. You're probably not getting past the 25. Like, don't risk a penalty. Don't risk a fumble. Give the ball to Mahomes. Let him go to work. Yeah, I am with you there. And, you know, looking at the Raiders' schedule, and, and, and again, we're going to give some credit to the Raiders here. A lot of credit to the Raiders. Raiders are a really good football team. The Raiders they're are not. Team. They're, they're flawed on defense, but so are the Chiefs. But the, what they're, I'm impressed with what they're doing with the offensive personnel that they have. Uh, you know, again, they've got, they've got some nice pieces. But Gruden's done a really nice job with Carr. He's, the offense is, is balanced, and they're playing to Carr's strengths, and they're in it with these teams. And it's the, a damn good thing the Chiefs won this game because if you look at the Raiders' schedule coming up here, they're at Atlanta. It's not difficult. They're, 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 Atlanta's just a, Atlanta at any point could be a good team because of their offense, but they're generally just a complete dumpster fire. The Jets – just might as well just forfeit that game and move on. Then they got to go play Indianapolis, and that's a re- that's a really big game. That with the way things are going in the AFC, and we'll talk about that in a minute when we go through the records. With the way things are going in the AFC, and, and I think the Raiders are a playoff team, but they better win that game against Indianapolis because if they don't, 
it's it's going to be tight. They go to they get they got to play the Chargers next at home. Then they get Miami, which is no cakewalk, and then they're at Denver to finish off the season. So, right, you know, losing this game was really tough for them. And had they won, they would have been really sitting pretty, and it would have and could have really kept the heat on the Chiefs for the rest of the season. Yes, no doubt. And, and hey, man, look, that's so everybody's so focused on the one seed, and, and now I, I you should be okay. But this was a game. If the Chiefs lost this game. You're, you're now you'll lose the breaker, okay? And by the way, the Raiders are a game back, and you just ripped off that schedule. Yeah, no, look, and these are tough team. Miami, at least a, a plucky team, okay? They could win. There's not a game on there that you look at, and so the Raiders can't win that game. Like, there's a lot of games on that schedule. You could easily see the Raiders ripping off five and one there, right? Like so, that's a schedule where if that if the Raiders had been able to go five and one. Kansas City would have to match them. Could they? Yeah. But the Bucs aren't going to be any picnic next week. That's going to be a hard game. they got to play the Saints on the road. That's going to be a hard game. Now, should the Chiefs win their three home games against Denver, the Chargers, and the, and the, uh, and the Falcons? Yeah, they should. Although the Chargers are not an easy out because Herbert's really good and the defense gives the Chiefs problems. But, yeah, they should beat them. The Chargers will be playing for nothing. And then that game in Miami, look, the Chiefs should beat Miami. I know it's a road game. I get that. The Chiefs won that game. Okay. So, you know, would I have picked the Chiefs to still win the division? Yeah. But you would have been sweating bullets the rest of the year. They would have been in major hot water. Now, now they, they should be able to put this away fairly easily, win the division, get it a minimum of two, and, and move forward. So, it's a huge win. Look, man, the bottom line, not to beat a dead horse, they won that game because they have Mahomes. Flat out. He's MVP of the league right now. He's the best player in the world. Chief fans should really enjoy it. You know, you, you ever, I don't know, if you, I've never asked this. You ever watch The Office, you're a fan of the show? Love it. Okay. The last episode, there's a line that I love that Andy Bernard says about, I just wish you knew you were in the good old days when you were in them. Mm. You're in them with them right now. Right. You're in them with the Chiefs. This, these are the good old days. Enjoy them because you're never going to see another quarterback like this for them again, ever. I don't care who they draft. They could draft another Hall of Fame. You're never seeing this again. He has a chance legitimately to be the greatest NFL player of all time. I mean, he is on that. He is Michael Jordan-esque. Yep. And you saw it tonight. They do not win that game, and, and God love them. And by the way, so happy for Alex Smith. He won today. Yes. They don't win that game with Alex Smith in all likelihood. Maybe they tie it. Maybe they go to overtime. They probably don't win that game right there. There's no way in hell they're winning that game with anybody who came before him until you get to Trent Green. Okay? Which, by the way, the last time the Chiefs came back in the final 30 seconds of a game, 2002 to win a game. So, soak it in. Because what they have under center is unbelievable – it's the reason that no matter what they do, 10 penalties, kickoff out of bounds, Tano Passion and man-to-man coverage on a first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer, like none of it matters because they have that. And at the end, that he is the trump card of all trump cards. Is that a message that we should stop complaining so much in the podcast after they win but don't play well? No, I'm still gonna. <laughs> <laughs> because we all need a little therapy yeah, in life, yeah. right? But it, it no, well, yeah, it's hard to watch when you want them to. You want them to go out yes. there and win handedly, and you know it's 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 and it's let's hard. be real. 
We both know it. You and I have been fans of this team for a long time. The standard with them is so much higher now than it ever has been with yeah. them. Yeah. The standard is not just to go out and be good. It's not to go – look, in all of our lives, right, I don't care who's listening to this podcast, whether you're 15 or, 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 or 85, if you've watched the Chiefs and you've been a fan of the team, your, your fandom tells you that most of your life, if somebody came up to you and said they're going to be in the AFC Championship game this year, how do you feel? You'd be thrilled. Like, even if they got there and they lost, just the fact they got there, right? If this team goes to the AFC Championship game and loses, let's be honest, it's a failure. Yep. No one's going to look at that and feel good. You think Patrick Mahomes is going to go home, but, you know, I feel great about that. We were one of the last four teams standing. They're going to be miserable. And so when, when you and I are sitting here talking about it, it's not just about this game. It's about this game in the bigger picture. They've got to be better than that defensively because they're not going to beat everybody playing like that defensively. Now, the Raiders are a good offensive team. They're also going to put the Chiefs in a bind more than some of these other teams will. But th- th- with the Chiefs, the standard is the standard. They are so great that you, you do. You expect them to play at a higher level than what we saw tonight on the, on the defensive side of the ball. So that to me is a good thing. That's the ultimate compliment. You know, we're not holding to the standard of the Texans. Otherwise, we'd be like, hey, great, they won. Who cares? We're holding to the standard of, hey, this team is trying to win a Super Bowl again. Is that a good enough performance? Feel good about that? No, it wasn't. Not defensively. Offensively, yes. Defensively, no. We haven't talked a ton about it, but what do you think is going on with their their line up front? I mean, Frank Clark and Chris Jones just weren't causing much pressure tonight. And is it is it is the? I don't know a lot about the Raiders' offensive line. Obviously, they got Rodney Hudson up there. We know how good he is. Is is it? Are they just? Is that one of the reasons why? the Raiders are having so much success because the their, their offensive line is just really, really good and, and the Chiefs just kind of couldn't beat them because I'll tell you what, like we talked about the the lack of, you know, scary receivers that the that the Raiders have. Well, next week, the Chiefs are going up against a team that have three really good receivers and they got a good tight end and they can run the football and they can play defense. The Raiders can't play defense. So if the Chiefs go out and play defense next week, like they did tonight, they're not just going to lose. They're going to get killed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, the, the Chiefs have to be able to generate more up front. You're paying Clark $100 million and you're paying Jones $80 plus million. Those guys have to be bigger forces in the game. And I get it. You always hear this. Well, you know, Frank Clark shows up when it matters. And, and, and listen, I, I'm not knocking Frank Clark. He does show up when it matters. He's been great throughout his career in Kansas City. They had one quarterback hit this whole game. Chris Jones hit him once. It's, it's insane. I, the Raiders had five. Not, not, and they didn't get pressure. And they had five. The Chiefs had one all game. They had one tackle for loss, Anthony Hitchens. That's it. Like, at some point now, part of that I do think was the, the game plan was so, like, just conservative. I think that was part of this. But, Guys like Jones, guys like Clark, you got to win. You got to win one on one, man. Like that, that's what you're there for. You're getting paid for that. So I do think they have to be better. Um, they were pretty good. They were both good against Carolina. They each had a sack in that game, but they've got to be consistently better. And you're right. Listen, I'll tell you right now when they play Tampa, that game, you want to know if Chiefs going to win or lose that game? Watch the offensive line of Tampa. If the Chiefs get pressure on Brady, it's over. Brady is horrific with pressure at this point in his career. But. If he's comfortable, he'll he'll kill them. 
He will he will eat them alive with all the weapons he's got. Now, <laughs> Mahomes might score 45 points too. Who knows? But yes, the line's got to be better. And I want to see Spagnuolo be more aggressive. I know, again, you and I are a little different on that. I just, to me, because of the offensive personnel and their capabilities, if I'm Spagnuolo, I'm just, I'm just all out going after these teams. I'm trying to create one negative play, one big turnover. You get that, you're probably going to win. Frank Clark's got four sacks this year. He's tied for yeah. 31st. Well, this is probably before all the stats come in for this weekend, but he right. was tied for 31st in the NFL coming into this game with 15 solo tackles. Look, he had eight sacks last year. He's not terribly off that pace, but for what they're paying him. And the other thing about Frank Clark and what we heard about when he came over to Seattle from Seattle and when he first got with the Chiefs was the way that he, his attitude in practice and his attitude on defense, and he was going to bring a mean streak to this team. And in this game in particular, I kept thinking, boy, they just, they're soft. They, they, there's no attitude on defense. They were tonight. You know? And they got guys like Frank Clark and, and, and Tyron Matthew back there. That should not be the case. So I, I think probably they're going to have to have a come to Jesus, that defense. I'm sure they are with the leaders that they have on that team. And they're probably talking in a locker room right now, and they're going to be talking about it this week going up against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which could be a potential Super Bowl preview. Yep. It'll be interesting to see how they come out in that game because they should be embarrassed about how they played tonight. And, and frankly, they didn't play well against the Panthers either. They've struggled against teams with decent quarterbacks that can move the football. They struggle when you get teams that are willing – trying to think how to word this. That, that they get quarterbacks who are like, – think about Carr, think about Bridgewater. They're very similar. Right, like they're guys who are smart quarterbacks, who are willing to just take the check down, take the ball underneath, hit the occasional big play when it's there. They struggle with teams that just want to spread the ball over the field. That that is something. Like I think they're better against teams like Baltimore because they can just focus on one thing. Look, we're going to take away the middle of the field. You're not beating us. And to be fair. The Chiefs most of the year have been very good defensively. I mean, really, the only games I've had any problem really are the two Raiders games. I mean, I, I thought the, the Carolina game, they weren't great. But some of that was like 4th and 14 and like a fake punt. I mean, some of that was kind of weirdness that I don't normally think would be the problem for them. The Raiders games have been the games. I mean, they were good against Buffalo. They were, good, they were very good against Buffalo, actually, defensively. They were, they were great against Baltimore. Um, you know, the Chargers, they held to 20 points. So, they, you know, they, they've been, they were good against Houston. Who, Houston stinks, but they have Watson. They have good offense. Like that. I don't have a problem with them defensively, but against the Raiders, they just ha- they have issues with them. They, they just have a lot of issues. And yes, they were soft tonight. There is no two way. They got, they weren't pushed around up front necessarily in terms of the run game, like we talked about, but they, they were not physical at the point of, you know, at the catch point downfield. We talked about Tyron Matthew, who normally is one of the most physical guys on earth, was not physical in this game. I was disappointed in them. Coming off a bye, I expected a lot of physicality, a lot of energy. They didn't have it. They were very ho-hum emotionally. And that's something that, yeah, they got to get right. I mean, you can't – they're so talented that they're going to beat most teams anyway. But, yeah, like that's a problem. You do that once in January, you go home. So they got to fix it. I got one question for you. Is Travis Kelsey in the running for Offensive Player of the Year? Yes. Yes. Um, I'd have to go and look at how many yards he has now for the season. It's got to be over 800. I mean, 127 tonight. 
Uh, I'm looking it up right now. 127 says, uh, he's at, he's almost at 900. I mean, he's, he's having an unbelievable year. So he's got 66 catches, seven touchdowns. Um, he's got 896 yards. I mean, not bad, right? I, he, he's going to be in the mix. I mean, hell, man, like you'll get the receiving leaders, not obviously just tight ends, like anybody. He's He came into today sixth. Now, Robbie Anderson was three yards ahead of him. Well, Robbie Anderson at 46 yards. We jumped over Robbie Anderson. Uh, he he's Metcalf didn't play. Hopkins, I mean, the only guy right now, Diggs didn't play. He's like... 10 yards behind Diggs, 16 yards behind Hopkins. He jumped over DK Metcalf. He jumped over McLaurin. He's third in the league. He's he's 10 yards behind Stephon Diggs and 16 yards behind behind DeAndre Hopkins. And has like 80% of the targets. And right. and has has one less touchdown than those two guys do combined. So yeah, he he's got a shot. And I mean, uh, there's obviously some other people out there. Derrick Henry's been incredible. Davin Cook. There's a lot of people putting up big numbers. But Travis Kelsey has been from from in all the years that I've been watching him. I, I think this has been his best season. He's just been absolutely incredible. Not just in his production, but when he produces. I, I think the, he's been the most clutch that I've ever seen him this season for the Chiefs. Key first downs, key touchdowns. Did it again today multiple times. I don't know where we would we would be without him. Obviously, we'd be okay because we have Patrick Mahomes, but he's he's incredible, absolutely incredible. They they'd be a good team without him. They'd be a you know a very good team. They wouldn't have won the Super Bowl last year without him. No way. Nope. Go go back and look at the playoff game against Houston. <laughs> There's no yeah. way. They yeah. other than Mahomes, he's the most important player on the team. He he is. And, and look, Tyreek Hill, I mean, you can make the case. He's obviously incredibly important as well. But they, those three guys, if they're on the field, they're going to score points. They're just so devastating. Um, I don't say this lightly. You're, you could start making a case here. Kelsey does this another one or two years. You could start talking about him as the greatest tight end of all time. I mean, really genuinely, like, getting to the point where you're looking at the guy and saying, okay, he's going to be close. I mean, a couple more years like this, he's going to be at 10,000 yards, at least a Super Bowl ring. Um, I mean, Tony Gonzalez certainly. Look, Tony Gonzalez is going to have the stats because uh, Tony Gonzalez, I mean, he's far and away got the most yards. But I like Witten and, and Gates a lot. They're great players. But would I, would I take Kelsey at his peak over those? Yeah, I would. Like, and Gates is ridiculous at his peak. But, yeah, I would take Kelsey. Would I take Gronk? I mean, I think Gronk at his absolute apex is probably more dominant, but he he played like four years without getting hurt. I mean, I, I wouldn't take Gronk's career over Kelsey's. No, no. Kelsey's way. the best tight end maybe in NFL history, really, if he does this for like two more years. All right, let's take a look at the AFC and where things stand there. So you got the Steelers. They won again. They played the Jaguars. We, we figured this was going to happen. They're still on top at 10-0. Credit them. Uh, the Chiefs next at nine and one, and and then it's kind of everybody else. And when I say everybody else, I mean literally the rest of the conference is seven and three or six and four. The Bills yeah. are in third at the three seed, seven and three. The Colts got a big win today against the Packers. 
They're they're seven and three. Don't really want to run into them in the playoffs. The Titans are seven and three. The Browns are seven and three. They got another big win today. Yep. The Raiders dropped to six and four after after the loss to the Chiefs. The Ravens dropped six and four. They're not even they're not even in the playoffs right now. <laughs> Think about that just for a, a second. Absolutely incredible. They played a little bit better on offense uh, this week, but it, it didn't matter. And then the Dolphins at six and four. Whew. What do you make of this AFC field right now? I think you got to separate in the tiers. At least that's how I do it. Look, Pittsburgh and Kansas City—they're fighting for the one seed. That's it. Those two teams are the only two teams that have shot the one. Okay, Pittsburgh's going to win its division. Kansas City's going to win its division. Buffalo, even though only a game up on Miami, they beat them in Miami. Buffalo's better than them. They're going to win the division. The main question is Indianapolis, Tennessee. Who the hell is going to be the four seed or the three? You know, whoever's going to win that division. I shouldn't say the four because it could technically move up. But um, who's going to win the South? Right, I, I think those are three divisions, especially the West and, and, the, and the North are, are showing up. They're done. So I look at it as the Steelers and Chiefs are battling for home field. The Chiefs have a very good shot at winning the tiebreaker with Pittsburgh. Um, can the Chiefs get the 14-2? and two? If they can get the 14-2, and two, I think the Chiefs catch Pittsburgh. Because I think Pittsburgh's going to lose at least twice. I do. Um they're going to face a desperate, desperate, desperate Ravens team on Thursday night. I think the Ravens beat them. And I, the Ravens should have beat them the first time. I think they'll beat them this time. I, the, the Ravens have to win. They don't win this game. They're, they're staring down the barrel of not even making the playoffs. Um, and then Pittsburgh, if they got to go to Buffalo, I think they might lose that game or Indy at home, something like that, or even at Cleveland. I, I think the Steelers are going to lose somewhere in those four games. I think they'll lose twice. Um, after that, is Buffalo the three? Is Buffalo the four? But, man, you look at that group of, like, Cleveland, Indy, Tennessee, and, again, one of them won the division. But Indy, Tennessee, Cleveland, Vegas, Baltimore, Miami. That's a – I mean, you got, you know, three wild card spots and the one south spot for all those teams. Now, Balt- now if you to really break it down quick, look, I think Baltimore is making the playoffs. Why? Even if they lose to Pittsburgh, Giants on the schedule, Cowboys on the schedule, Jags on the schedule, um, and and the Bengals. They're going to win those games. They're going to get to 10. Miami, I think, is going to be 8-4. and four. They get the Bengals and Jets next. The problem for Miami is the next four games are brutal. I do not think they're getting in. I didn't think they were going to get in before today, and I really don't have to lose to Denver. I think the teams that are going to eventually get in here, I, I think Indy and Tennessee will both make it. I, I, think, I think Baltimore will make it. And I think Vegas will make it. And I, I think Cleveland is going to be on the outside looking in. Although, i got to be honest. The only reason I think that is because Cleveland lost to the Raiders, and I think they lose to Tennessee. To, to Tennessee. And so I think they're just a victim of tiebreakers. But their schedule is not that hard either. Like, they should get the 10 wins. I just think they're the odd team out tiebreak-wise. But, man, it's, it's going to be a battle to get in the AFC. Everybody thought when they expanded the playoffs <laughs> – they have all these weak sisters getting in. Not in the AFC. No way. Out of those teams, the Bills, Colts, Titans, Browns, Raiders, Ravens, Dolphins, who's the best team? Buffalo. 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 I, because you've gotten Allen to play much better, and McDermott's a really good coach. Buffalo, to me, I think is the biggest challenge of any of those teams. Now, you could argue the Colts if you get Rivers on the wrong day. 
because they played well defensively. I just tend to think that they're limited offensively, and in the playoffs, it's that's it's hard to overcome a quarterback like that. It just is. I like the Bills, but I'll tell you right now, I don't think any of those teams are like frauds. I really don't. Of all of them, I, Cleveland scares me the least. They just haven't beat really anybody who's good other than Indy, and I, and they Mayfield's just almost unplayable at this point. I mean, he they're so terrified of him. The Raiders are good. The Ravens are good. The Titans are good. The Colts are good. The Bills are good. I mean, all those teams. That also, do I think the Chiefs would beat any of them? Yes, yeah, Chiefs play well. They won't beat any of them. But th- those teams are good teams. Like You're going to have to strap it up. The, the Chiefs are not just going to waltz in there and just be one of these teams by 40 points in a playoff game. There's no, there's no NFC East coming in there. So, right. no, I, I think they're all good teams. Yeah, that's not, not going to be a cakewalk. If the Browns and the Colts could like merge, they'd 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 be in really good shape. They'd have a good team, a good defense, good running game. Still be a little shaky at quarterback, but <laughs> might not let them do that. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's in the rule book. Uh, all right, well, we're going to get out of here in just a second, um, but we're going to take one more quick break, just a quick one, and uh, and we're going to come and just do a little appetizer preview uh, of Chiefs Bucks. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Okay, we are back. All right, Vertoram, we got to get out of here because God knows it's late, but just give me your initial thoughts on, on Chiefs Bucks. This is a huge game for Kansas City. It is. It is. Um, so I think you respect Noel, like I kind of alluded to earlier. I think you have to do whatever you can to get to Brady and pressure him. When they played him last year, Spagnuolo blitzed him unmercifully. Now, now that's also because the passive no weapons. Brady's got a lot of them in Tampa. I think though you've got to trust your corners to hold up. You got to put them on islands against these guys, and and you've, you've got to be willing to go after Brady and make him uncomfortable. If you drop eight, you're going to get killed. He's he's too smart. He's you give him time. He's going to beat you. On the flip side of that, the Buccaneers they don't blitz a lot on third down, but they blitz a ton on first and second down. They blitz more than any NFC team. If they do that against Kansas City, they will get killed. If they blitz Mahomes in this game and they think that Carlton Davis and Jamal Dean are going to hold up one-on-one, God bless them. There is no chance. Mahomes will go nuts if the, if the Bucs do that. I think Kansas City is the better team. And I'll tell you, you know, it's funny, and I'm actually going to really quickly look this up while I'm talking. I looked it up a couple of days ago, obviously, before these games were played. Uh, I looked up the line, and I, I thought, you know, the game's in Tampa Bay. Typically, the home team is given three points, even th- this year with all the weirdness. I thought, you know, the Bucs might be a point-and-a-half favorite, two points. The Buccaneers, are a, at least going into the game today, were a two-and-a-half-point underdog in the game. Kansas City is on the road against what I think is the best team in the NFL that's not the Chiefs. Doesn't even matter. No, There's still – it just goes to show – how dominant and how great they are. I mean, they're, they're favorites in a game. Like, any other team would be a huge underdog. And now I'm looking it up, by the way, over at Bavada. Uh, it is not on the board right now. They're probably adjusting it. But, yeah. Um, listen, it also, by the way, the Bucks play on Monday night. So, the Chiefs get them on a short week. And the Bucks have not had a bye week yet. So, some tired bodies in that game. The Chiefs, though, look, they're going to they're gonna have to play better. Defensively, they don't play better against the Bucs. They're going to give up 45 points. And it's going to be a nice little advantage for the Chiefs. They can sit back on Monday night. Andy can relax. He can have a nice tea. 
He can watch the the Bucks go up against the 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 Rams, who have a pretty good defense. Yeah, and he gets to sit back and watch that game along with all the other film study he's going to be doing from the year. See if he can uh, figure anything out. He and Spagnuolo. It's going to be interesting. Look, the the, the Bucks, the three losses. They lost to the Saints twice, and they lost to the Bears in a game that was twenty to nineteen. They beat the Panthers, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Packers, and the Giants. And they only beat the Giants by two scores. The games where they won, or they beat Carolina again and, 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 and murdered them, 46-23, to 23, they put up points. If you let them score, they're, gonna, they're probably going to beat you. If you can keep the game, if you can keep them into the, in the 20s, that's what these teams have done. Look, the Bears are not a good football team. They are, they are good no, defense. They They're terrible on offense. Okay, so the Chiefs' defense just has to play better. They absolutely have to play better. The Bears scored 20 points against, <laughs> against the Bucs. So while the Bucs have a pretty good defense, Kansas City should be able to go into this game. They play well. They should be able to score 27, 30 points. But the Chiefs' defense has got to get to Brady, and they've got to slow him down, period, or they're going to lose. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and look, the Chiefs are better, but Tampa Bay is really good. Like, I'm always going to say the Chiefs are better because the Chiefs are the best team in football. They are. It's not, it's not some, like, crazy statement. They are. They're, they're the best team. But it also remains true that just because you're the best team doesn't mean you win every game you play. Okay, so the Chiefs have to play better. I do think defensively, by and large, they're a good team. The Chiefs are a good team defensively, but they have not been against the Raiders this year. And the Panthers game was up and down. They, you know, they, they did not play particularly well. They, they need to play winning football. On, on, and, and, and listen, I'm going to put on Spagnuolo, who I think is great. They got, they got to come up with a better plan. The players tonight, look, they didn't execute. They had no shot with that plan. None. I, you've, you've got to do something different. We'll see. But ultimately, man, final word on it, they're 9-1. and one. They're 9-1. and one. They're in a fantastic spot. They're very healthy. They get Snead back. They get Okafor back. Watkins reportedly, according to Nate Taylor at The Athletic, who's a good friend and a great guy, great reporter. He says that Watkins will be back in all likelihood here for the Bucs game. So that, that's a big piece. So, listen, the, the Chiefs and, – and, hey, by the way, shout out. They signed Stefan Wisniewski uh, this week, brought him back. That's a nice piece for them. They, they've struggled on the interior. Wisniewski, once he clears COVID protocols, he'll – I would I would bet a pretty penny he'll work his way back in. Uh, so I, I think it's a real nice move for them. I wrote about a month ago when he got cut by the Steelers, and I, I said to keep an eye on the Chiefs. And my understanding was that, that could be a fit. Well, it turned out to be. Um, so he's there. And uh, look, it's a, it's a good move for Kansas City, and it's a move that I think we should keep an eye on because I do believe he'll play a role for this team uh, down the stretch. And to the listeners, keep in mind that he, he was injured in Pittsburgh and they had a yeah. young guy come up and, and start playing well and then they did an injury settlement. So it wasn't like he was just a disaster and you know, it can't play. No, didn't really play for him. He had a pec injury. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's fully healthy now, according to a source I spoke with. And um, really now it's just about clearing the protocol and, and, not, you know, and, and he, he's not COVID positive. He just whenever a team or a guy changes teams this year, you got to sit for a certain amount of days. So right. um, he's got to go through that. And there's a chance he's up for the Bucks game. We'll see. We, uh, one quick thing before we go: they put Mitchell Schwartz on IR. What what happened? Did you get 
the news on that? Because I thought you know, he was coming back. They've been back, real hush-hush on that. Um, he had a, you know, he's had the same back injury, and it just has not gotten better the way they want it to. So he's got to miss, well, now, two more games. Um, he'll be eligible to come back from IR and play for the Dolphins game week 14. But it's been, it's been tough going for him. This is a guy who didn't miss one game his whole career up till this year. And he's, he's just having a tough time. The back's really acted up on him. Back issues are not what you want to have when you're an offensive lineman. No. No. All right. The Chiefs are 9-1. and one. They're going to the playoffs. They haven't clinched it yet, but they will soon. And they've lost one game in a calendar year. One game, and they won a Super Bowl. All in all, I think we can put up with a night of not-so-good play against the Raiders where they still won and Mahomes engineered a, 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 you know, a final-minute drive. I think that's pretty good, right? I think we're going to be all right. So, listen, we're going to be back. Probably on Wednesday, we normally record on Thursday, but as, as you know, it's Thanksgiving. We're going to be stuffing our faces and watching some terrible football um, early on in the day at least. So, Game's uh, pitch. Yeah, yeah. It's not uh, – we, we, we don't need to spend the rest of the, the evening complaining about the Lions, but we'll do so on Wednesday. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you on Wednesday. Appreciate your support. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Ask us a question. We'll answer it in the podcast. For Matt Bergeram, my name is Patrick Allen, and as always, go Chiefs! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.